Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is episode number 56 and our last episode of 2019. Last episode of the dumpster fire year. For sure. <laughs> my name is Delton. I'll be your host today. And with me is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. Hello there. Now, 2019 was a good year. It's just a, I think everyone had a stressful 2019. I think so. We had a lot of loss in our lives. A lot of change. A lot of change in our lives. Uh, But we also had a lot of good things happen and new friends made and better connections with friends that are existing. And we made trips. We did all kinds of stuff that were very, very positive. We also had a lot of negative for us this year, it felt like. But all in all, I think we net positive of 2019. It just felt a little rough. And then through the negative, we learned a lot, we grew a lot, we experienced a lot together and are ready to take that wisdom into 2020 and have an excellent year. 2020 is where we're going to kick ass and it's going to happen and it's going to be good and I'm actually really looking forward to 2020. Because I bought a planner. Hopefully that helps her stay on track. I bought a planner. That's what every (laughs) millennial woman does whenever she's about to change her life. She buys a planner and a new set of pens and by God. And about two months in, it's going to just fall off. No, about three weeks in. Okay, that. okay, that makes and sense. And that's pushing it, man. That's usually how I go. But no, I will keep you all updated on my planner and my planning because I have a lot of, I got a lot of projects I'm going to start this year. You know, she swi- really does. I'm switching back to contract work. So I won't be full-time at the partial hospital anymore starting January 6th. I will be going back part-time uh, contract at a counseling agency working three days a week. And on the other two to four days a week, depending on how froggy I'm feeling. I'm going to be trying some other adventures. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about this coming year, I feel like. A lot of good things. A lot of good things. No more bad. We need good. <laughs> Speaking into the universe right now. Listen up, universe. Can you please have a great 2020? Yeah, right? Thanks. That's exactly it. Well, today is episode 56. Like I said, the end of 2019, the last episode of this year. This is our episode that finishes two years of this podcast. Wow. We started this podcast January 1st, 2018. We dropped four episodes and we've been going ever since then every two weeks and we've never missed an episode. We've only been late and it was later in the day and that was because we had, you know, family things going on. So it was a legit excuse for us. But this is two years. We've completed two years of this podcast. I'm so excited to talk about a little bit of a review today. Yes, a little bit of a review of everything, as well as just the fact of our plans going into the future. But we just came out of Christmas. We just came out of Christmas and are fixing to move into New Year's. I have a story for us. Go for it. Christmas. This is a joint story. So Delton, as you all can remember. Hello. He had a, was it moratorium on purchasing things for himself? I had to take a purchasing hiatus. <laughs> Starting November 1st, yes. he could buy all that he wanted to within his fund budget limit um, up until November 1st, and then his purchases had to be approved by administration. And so, Which is Haley. Which is me. Which is, his money mostly went towards tattoos, so it really wasn't a problem there. Until, and so he did a really great job. I was very proud of him. For a solid seven weeks, Delton did not buy anything for himself aside from his tattoo. Yay. And like, you know, soda or chips. I did really good for seven weeks. Until the week before Christmas. What happened, Delton? I got a gift card at work. We do a gift card exchange. Uh, It's basically Dirty Santa, but gift cards. So somebody says, oh, I really want Chick-fil-A. I'm going to steal Chick-fil-A from Bethany over here. And then she's like, okay, well, I'll take your, it's a lot of chicken places. I'll take your Cane's gift card over here from Tommy. And that's, it's that. And then we all end up with a $10 gift card. 
So I got a $10 Barnes and Noble gift card. And I really wanted to go look on my lunch break. And I really wanted this All Might Funko Pop that was a Barnes and Noble exclusive, which is a character from My Hero Academia, the anime. And so I bought it. So Delton comes home that night and says, guess what? I used my gift card at Barnes and Noble today and got a Funko Pop. And me, who had just reserved two Funko Pops at Barnes and Noble for Delton, I was like, no, you did not. He's like, yeah, I just bought it. I was like, Delton, you had a hiatus on spending. He says, but I used a gift card. Like, that doesn't count. <laughs> that does not count. This does not give you a free pass. And so what I did, so Delton told me that he got this other Funko Pop. Yep. What was it that you told me you got? I told you that I got Tokoyama. Uh, Tokoyami? Toko, I can never say his name right. Uh, Fumi Cage, Fumikage. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite characters from that same show. It's the guy that has the bird head and dark shadow. Yes. Which was one of the two that I reserved. The other one was the All Might one. So I just decided, no. He got a Funko Pop. I just won't go get him instead. Yep. And so Delton had told me that he got the, the bottom self, the Birdman. Tokoyami, I the believe. The Birdman one. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to go pick up the Birdman one because uh, he's already bought it for himself. Well, it turned out he had got the All Might one. He was just trying I, to, like, I don't know. Haley's reaction when I told her about a Funko Pop. I felt really bad, and so I told her one I didn't buy in hopes that if she bought me the one that I bought, it would be fine. I don't mind having two of the same Funko Pop. I have, uh, Zach bought me a Zorro one time, and I bought myself a Zorro later anyway because I wanted one for home, one for work. And so it's like, I did not mind having two, but I felt bad telling her I bought one that I didn't buy. And then he didn't get any of them because I didn't pick up (laughs) either one of them. So the moral of the story is... When he got a yep. shopping hiatus, you can wait the last six days before Christmas. You can wait a bit, especially because Haley's mom got me Ace from One Piece to yep. help me with my One Piece collection. And then I went ahead and bought uh, All for One, which is the bad guy, and got it on my desk at work. There's Funko Pops are all over the place now. I-, I am really proud of you for going seven weeks, though. I was very impressed. That was really good. He just put all that money towards buying me stuff, which is kind of nice. I should put shopping hiatuses on you more often. It was buying you stuff and buying other stuff for people and stuff like that. Not only that, but during Christmas, Haley bought me. Very kindly of her, the Wingspan expansion, which is the European expansion. And Delton very kindly bought for me the Wingspan expansion, which is the expansion of <laughs> the Wingspan. So we bought each other the same gift, and I think we've now entered that stage of nerddom that we're buying each other the same board game expansion. And both of us had the secret thought that, oh man, I hope that the other person doesn't think that we're buying this for them, but really buying it for us, when in reality we're buying it for them and for both of us to share. Yeah. We both had that anxiety. It was fine. It worked out. I bought mine like the beginning of November from Stonemeyer Games. Haley bought hers down the street like a week ago. And so we took hers back and ended up turning around and getting Noctilica. Uh, we paid a little bit extra and I used some discount points I had there. So it all worked out, but it was pretty funny for us to buy each other the same board game uh, expansion for each other. Yeah. It worked out. You can tell we both wanted it. Exactly. That's how it works. So Delty Boosens, I've been sick this week. What are we drinking today? So today we are not drinking beers. I know that's been kind of common the last few months. Uh, We're going to get back on the beer train if we can at the beginning of the year. However, Haley's been sick this week. She ran a fever early this week and finally got past it. But one of the things that she likes to do when she gets sick is make what we call a hot toddy. It's essentially tea with whiskey in it. A lot of times tea with whiskey and honey and spices and different things. So we are drinking a sweet and spicy tea. It's a black tea with a lot of different seasonings. There's orange peel. You can taste the cinnamon. The rebos. Rooibos tea yes. in it as well? Correct. Okay. That's so, gives it the sweetness. So all that is in there. Haley's has a rye whiskey that we love, which is Bullet Rye. I believe it's a Canadian? It says American rye whiskey. I always thought it was Canadian for some reason. You've been watching too much Letter Kenny. Maybe so. 
from Louisville, Kentucky, Bullet Distilling Co., distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. There you go. All and right. Bullet Rye is one of our favorite rye whiskeys. It's not too expensive to buy a uh, 750 milliliter bottle. It's one that I like to mix with Coke a lot. Haley likes to put it in her tea. It's a little more flavorful. It's very good. And then in mine, we're having the same tea. In mine, I have Angel's Envy, which is a Kentucky whiskey uh, finished in port wine barrels. It's from the sellers of, I think it's Ling- Lincoln Hickman, Lincoln Heckles. I can't quite read it on the bottle, but it's a Kentucky whiskey that I really have enjoyed. I tried it because on Binging with Babish on YouTube, it's one of his favorite go-to whiskeys. It's a little more expensive than Bullet, but I really like it a lot. That's like your holiday whiskey, your special occasion whiskey. Yeah, you don't buy it too often. Or Bullet is the stuff you just keep on your counter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Normal we're drinking these hot toddies. Normal people do that, right? I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I could put it in a decanter and be super fancy. Ooh, you should. You did get one for Dirty Santa. So mine is a lot smoother, but more flavorful. So I would say mine is smoother. Yours has a bit more bite, but yours is a bit more like robust flavor, where mine is a much more toned down flavor. Like Angel's Envy is better on the rocks than Bullet. Yes. I think. But Bullet, Bullet is, a is a little better mixer yeah. because you use less to get as much flavor profile involved. Mine is like drinking a coffee, whereas yours is like drinking a tea. I could see that, yeah. Like it's essentially the same effect, but you're going to get more out of less in terms of flavor kind of thing. Yeah, so it depends on if you want a little smoother or a little more flavorful, but we really like hot toddies, Haley especially. It's just on a cold day like today where it's like 50, it's been raining all morning. I'm dressed like a grandma in my waffle sweater, my big-ass glasses. And I've just got a hoodie on. That's about as far as I go most of the time. Okay, well, I think that covers most everything. But before we get into the game of the episode, I wanted to announce the giveaway winners from the giveaway we've been running the last two weeks. Now, we did have one international entrant, which, which sadly, as is posted in the Gleam and we announced in the last episode, We can't do international shipping. If I didn't already have the games here, I could maybe figure something out, but I have them in my house and I can't afford to ship them into Europe. So we had someone from Germany and it was a Gunner S. So Hello, Gunner. Feeling donk. So thank you very much for, I don't know if he listened. I didn't look at all the stuff that he added in the uh, entries, but thank you for at least participating in the competition. And I'm sorry that we can't ship to Germany. That would just be too much. (laughs) But we appreciate you listening. Very much so. However, we do have three winners. So, to announce the first one, the first winner, which is going to be of the Ben Canellis prize pack, which is three laws and red scare from friend and designer Ben Canellis, is our friend Mac. We've talked about Mac and Cass before. Yay, Mac and Cass! So, Mac, we will meet up with you, uh, I think, next weekend, actually, and we'll get those to them. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, the second winter winner is a Christy... W from, it looks like, the Michigan area. Yay, Christy W! Christy, you are going to be winning the BGG game pack, which is First Martians from Portal Games, along with Poland, First Campaign of World War II. These are the two games they gave away at BGGCon. We were able to get extras, and so those will be headed your way. We're going to send emails out. That way we get addresses and everything like that. And then the third winner, winning Fog of Love... And luckily, not his own games, is Ben Canellis himself. <laughs> Yay, Ben Canellis. So originally in the drawing, he did win the Ben Canellis prize pack. So Delton had a system where first person got uh, this prize pack, second person got this prize pack, third person got this one. And uh, Ben originally had won the Ben Canellis prize pack. So we had to do a little like random finagling to get it where it popped out and he didn't. And we got it figured out. 
But yes, Ben, you have won Fog of Love. Congrats. We will get that mailed to you once I contact you and get your address. We had a pretty good turnout for the drawing. We really appreciate it, everybody. I think we had like 17 people and like 70-some entries. So yeah, I mean, really, if you participated, thank you very much. We will talk more about contests later, but uh, thank you for participating, listening to the podcast, and everything like that, because it's fun to give people games, because I love winning things. And even if it's you know may not have been your first pick game, it's always fun to get something and try it. Yeah. And I've won games before that I've never played, and it's amazing to open them and play it and go, oh, I see. This is cool. That's how we got Muse. And Muse has been one of yeah. my favorite games of the decade. Muse and has been great. My parents love it. Everyone we showed love it. And that was a free game that we got. It was. It was really cool. So there's the contest winners. We can move now into the game of the episode. Oh, here's the door. Uh, uh. It's straight ahead. It's... It's a game. So the game of the episode today is going to be Wavelength. Wavelength is one that I played at BGGCon in 2018, and I remember talking about it on the podcast saying, I am so excited. They kickstarted it early this year, and it delivered after Thanksgiving, which was a little late from what they wanted, but like, that's a great timeline to sign up in like January, February and get it in November, December. Perfect time for Christmas. Exactly, because we got to play it at Christmas. So Wavelength is designed by Wolfgang Warsch, so Wolfgang Warsch, the same guy who did Quacks of Quedlinburg and Gonshur and Clever and a lot of those games that are just, I mean, really doing really well, as well as Alex Haig and Justin Vickers. The graphic design and art is from, it looks like this might be a company, I don't see any detailed names, but it says Huvas and Hannibal. The engineering is Sarah Pavis. Manufacturing is uh, Strom MFG and publishing is Palm Court. It was kickstarted and had 8,674 backers, which is awesome. So Wavelength is a party game, and I think it might just be my favorite party game at this point in time, and I've been so excited to have it, and I'm glad I do. Uh, I have played it competitively where Haley has not, but me and Haley both have played it cooperatively. The way Wavelength works is you have a card the card will have an arrow pointing left and an arrow pointing right. If the card is split in half, the left side could say slick, the right side could say rough, and there is a dial. So basically half of a circle. The left side is like all the way to the arrow pointing left, so slick. Right side's all the way to the right, pointing to rough. You basically have a random spot on that half a circle. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a gas gauge. Yeah. Or miles per hour if it's only half of a circle. And somewhere on there is the goal. You want to, in the cooperative version, you want to give a clue that does not have a number, you don't want to say 50% kind of thing, give a clue of slick or rough that will have your team guess where on this, because they won't be able to see it. Basically on a 180 degree angle. Yes, on 180 degrees. Yep. You want them to guess where it's positioned. So it's kind of weird to describe. Look up a picture and you'll know exactly what I'm saying. So like, for example, uh, mom, or I was giving a clue to my mom in Delton about between fashionable and unfashionable. Yep. No, not fashionable, unfashionable. Um, was it trendy and classic? Yes, that's it. And so my mom was a fashion designer. And so I looked at her and I said, okay, mom, mustard, yellow, knitted sweaters. And she put it perfectly, absolutely perfectly where it was supposed to be. It was at like a 125 degree angle. She put it right in the middle. We got it 100% accurately. Yeah, so if it was all the way to the left, that's going to be the trendy, and all the way to the right is going to be the classic, and you have to find where that's at based on the clue. Yes, and so it was, Mom. I said, Mom, what was your justification for that one? She goes, well, 
you know, sweaters never grow out of style, but mustard yellow comes back every few years, so it's a little bit of a fad, but it's a classic taste. And I was like, exactly. So she nailed it. I'm hoping this makes sense. This game's hard to talk about without seeing it in front of you. The production value of this box is fantastic. Uh, It's got a great, like, nice production hard plastic little thing that's got the back that you spin to find where the goal is, a slide to cover it, a dial to adjust where you're guessing, plenty of cards, an advanced set of cards. All the cards are front and back. It's a done, they've done a really good job and it's just fun. So we do that. We guess in the cooperative version, you go through seven cards. If you ever get a perfect, you get an add a card and then it has a scale of, if you get this many points, you win. And then the competitive version, Haley hasn't got to play, but in the competitive version, essentially your team, you give a clue to your team. They guess where it's going to be. The opposing team can have as much table talk as they want and try to influence the, uh, the team that's currently guessing. But at the end of when the guessing team picks their guess, The opposing team has an option to say they guess too far to the left, they guess too far to the right, and get points based on if they're correct. It's such a great game. It really is a great game. We've really, really enjoyed it. Now, you do have to have one round of everybody trying to be the clue giver before it clicks. Yes, that helps a lot. And uh, my only bad side is sometimes it takes a minute to come up with a clue. It does. And so there can be a little lag time for someone giving a clue, especially if you have someone that's a real thinker. But... Delton, my mom and I were all able to play it at 1130 at night. My mom and I for the first time and we were a little bit drinky drink and we still got it. It just took a round for us to be able, each of us had to be able to give the clue once for us to be able to understand, okay, that's how it goes. But even our first time playing it, uh, there were four or five times where we got it spot on, exactly on. We really did. Like we got lucky and sometimes it was, your mom would put it here. It's like, I feel like a click or two this way. And, or I would move it. She'd say, well, I feel like a click or two this way. And then we would just nail it because of it. Yes. And it's cool because your teamwork feels like it works out. The clues can be really good or really bad. And it just depends on how somebody views a scale. So, for example, the first time I played it was with um, Alan and Sean from Tuesday Night Games, as well as Alex Haig, one of the designers of the game. Uh, Also, Massimo from Big Potato Games. And I think we had one more, but I could be wrong on that. We were playing at BGGCon last year, and it was dull to sharp. And it was to the left, like really, really almost all the way to dull. And I said an old kitchen knife. Well, Sean was on my team and he said, well, an old kitchen knife, like that's not the dullest thing in a kitchen. There's like a sponge. A sponge is probably the dullest thing in the kitchen. So surely it's got to be like in the middle ground or a little left of center. And they're trying to figure this all out. Well, no, it was to the left because I was thinking when I say a dull kitchen knife, my brain is officially now on a scale of knives. So if I say an old kitchen knife, that's dull. If it's a brand new kitchen knife, it's going to be super sharp. Sean was thinking in the entirety of the world or entirety of like a kitchen setting. So the way people think about it really change the way you view the game and people give different clues and can interpret your clues differently. And it just adds for a great time. Uh, On the back of the box, I want to say, I can't think of who said it. There's a quote from somebody that says this is like code names, but weirder. And I think that's pretty accurate. Yes. Exactly. But we've just had a great time with it. I think the only downside is going to be slow thinkers, and that's probably about it. If you have a slow thinker, that's it. But like a lot of games have that. It's not really a big pitfall. But And as we played, each of us had been a slow thinker once in the game. It was yeah. fine. And it was still, we had a great time. It was fun. Like you can always chat. One time, it took me like four minutes to come up with a clue. Yeah. Feels like forever like, in that oh moment. Oh, God. But, but that's the worst part of it. And I mean, you know, I always like to try to point out something negative if I can think of it. And that would probably be my only one. The box looks great, production value is great, and I'm just excited to play this with literally anybody else now. It's a fantastic game. I think they nailed it. I think you should really look at getting your hands on it. 
Um, Look up pictures online so you know exactly yeah. what we're talking about. As soon as you see these pictures, it'll be easier. Then it will make sense. But order it from your friendly local game store. You can order it online. They've already got it, I think, out for sale. I could be wrong, but I think so. Uh, definitely, definitely check out Wavelength. Since Wavelength is all about your minds being on the same level and on the same wavelength, we're going to move into the topic and see if mine and Haley's are the same on our game tastes. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So the topic today is how our gaming tastes have changed throughout the years. I thought this would be, Haley thought this would be an interesting topic and I agreed with her. Because we're reflecting on the last two years, and we've had a lot of change as a podcast and as people over the last two years, let alone our, our board game taste. <laughs> we really have. I started originally playing Euro games. You know, I learned Carcassonne, and I learned, like, Agricola pretty early. I learned Catan pretty early, and Fresco. And then it slowly started changing and altering, and I got heavier and heavier and heavier games. But throughout all that, I've played so many midweight games that are great. And party games like Wavelength and Just One that are great. And I've just learned now that it used to be I looked down on party games back in the day because I wanted to play something serious. But I've learned how much fun and how much playing games is about the people you're playing with and the time you're having. And it's really changed my approach to purchasing games and and approach to the games I consider. But also, I think just in general, I've learned to enjoy them more. Yeah, for, for me as well. So I kind of had a... Uh, I had a lot of change in the last few years, kind of like Delta. My my journey's been a little different because I started off playing like apples to apples and apples to apples. And sometimes I played apples to apples as well. That sounds right. But that's all I really played. And then I met Delton and Delton started showing me those other board games. And, you know, it started to pique my interest. And there was, but there was a period where uh, I started getting to the heavier and heavier and heavier games. And for some reason, I like put this ridiculous standard on me that is absolutely stupid that I shouldn't enjoy the party games anymore. Like I always only picked out like the Euro games, the heavy games, the uh, cooperative games, the ones that, you know, took two to three hours. And I really didn't allow myself to enjoy or even ask to play any other games. So I had this like weird standard that now that I'm in the board games, I shouldn't play those. I feel like in the last two years, I've kind of reintroduced myself to party games and even some stupid games. Like, what do you mean? It's a fun game. I enjoy that game. I don't want to play it all the time. But there was such a long time that I didn't allow myself to play and enjoy those because I didn't think that made me a real gamer. When in reality, I mean, now that we have the podcast and we've really been uh, playing at conventions and playing by ourselves more and trying different games from all over the spectrum, like the party games, like Apples to Apples, are just as much games as Monopoly, as TI4, as Twilight Struggle, as Catan. They're, they're all games, and I really feel like I've allowed myself to enjoy all of them. So don't have those ridiculous standards on yourself. No matter what kind of games you like, you're still a gamer. I was a gamer when I liked apples to apples, damn it. That's very true. It just takes gaining experience in gaming, I think, and learning what you like. Because when I first started, I wanted bigger and heavier. I mean, don't get me wrong. To this day, I love big, heavy, crunchy Euros with way too many pieces. The minute I saw Pipeline on Kickstarter, I said, yes, I will like this game. And then I defeated you in it, and you're like, no. No, I enjoyed (laughs) a lot. It's a hard game. It's difficult. It's not so, like, it's not easy on you. It's very tough on you, but I love it. When I saw Maracaibo hit pre-order, the Alexander Fister game, I looked at it and said, I'm going to love this game. Uh, I got Sulkin, a game I've wanted forever from my BGG Secret Santa, and I've always wanted to play it. It's another game that I love a lot. I mean, any of these big Euro games, 
I love them. I love crunchy. I love the ones that the theme doesn't even have to be there for it to be a good game. I love that. But I've also learned to play games like T-Rex's Holiday and Just One and, you know, Patchwork is one that we've played a bajillion times. Those games don't bother me anymore. Where back then I might say, oh, that's a small game. I don't need it. But I've learned that those games sometimes can be the most fun, depending on the day. And we have so much fun playing Patchwork and Welcome To and Morels and some of those smaller games and even stuff like Cat Sudoku that I got you for Christmas. It's just a Sudoku game with cat theme. We got to cover that next time. Oh, God. I don't know if we should after your performances. (laughs) To be continued. To be continued. But it's one of those things where you just, you learn. You learn what you like and you learn that it's okay. Like there's not a standard you have to follow. Just because some of the people that you're around or the people you follow on Twitter love big, heavy games doesn't mean that you can't enjoy something that's not the same. And that's something that we've learned and our tastes have just kind of changed that way. I still love big, heavy, crunchy Euro games, but I also get something like Wavelength and I get just as excited. Call us Hillary Duff because we're going through a metamorphosis. Oh my God, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, but it's very true. And that's, uh, it's something big. It's happening in the industry. People are realizing that it doesn't have to be big and heavy to be fancy and fun. I think that's, I mean, not that they didn't all think that way anyway, but that was my perception. That was my perception too. I couldn't be a gamer if I liked these party games. But it's just one of those things we've, you know, we've come to be the way we are. And hopefully that's a good thing. I guess the only time that it really shows is in the podcast games we talk about. Because we started out talking about a lot of the like either really new or really heavy. And then we've kind of moved to easier games that have been the ones we've played the most. The ones that we can show other people. Exactly. It's been something. those. To the hobby. Yeah. And it's something that you've, you, you know, you'll notice that trend in our episodes and we're probably not going to fade away from that trend. We'll try to, you know, do heavy games here and there and like games when we like it. It's just, if we like it, we're going to talk about it. Cause we're not going to talk about games we don't like. Cause how boring would that be of a podcast? No, I didn't like this because of this. This Brr. game sucked. Yeah. That's no fun, but yeah. tastes change, times change and just kind of go with it. Well, let's talk about the changes for 2020, Delty Poo. And now join us. For a Malthouse Games podcast special, bite size question. So the question for today is, what are our plans for 2020 and the podcast? So yes, we failed at our 2019 New Year's resolution of playing 500 plays. Oh God, we failed miserably. Would you like to know how miserably we failed? Now given we're not done with the year, but we're still failing miserably. We have different standards this year. Still great standards, but... So it was 500 plays. And we got 231. I think we can get 19 more before the end of the year. Get At least get 250. I don't, 50%. Think, I don't think we can. We can do it. If we played like patchwork over and over and over and over again, which you would love, but I would be very exhausted of losing that Let's much. Let's do it. Oh, God. Our most played game in that time span, January 1st, 2019 to December 31st, 2019, has been just one. Then Startups, Sunset Over Water, Quacks of Quedlinburg, Crokinole, Fake Artist, and Point Salad. That's like our tops. Nice. We play a lot of different games. We don't play a lot of games a ton of times over again. But that's that. So that's kind of pretty neat. But yes, we failed drastically. So we wanted to set a much more reasonable, a much more attainable goal this year. And we found a way to motivate ourselves to do that. So we're picking several goals, actually. But for gameplay. For gameplay. The rule now, and I think this is a very good one, is I and Haley, we are not allowed to buy. They could be gifted or given or review copies. We are not allowed to buy games until my shelf of opportunities, what I'm going to call it, is clear. The to-be-played shelf has to be completely empty. All games played 
before we can buy another board game. Which is rough because that means I have to not only learn Black Angel, CO2, Maracaibo, Sulkin, Blackout Hong Kong, Mombasa, and a D-Mocker, German version of Mad. Kanban, yes. We'll just email Gunner. I, I've got, <laughs> yeah, I've got so much trade on the Tigris, Delphi, Kremlin, Wendake, Polis, Charterstone, First Martians, My Little Scythe, Raw. It's a hell of a shelf, and it's all games I've wanted to play. It's just going to be, we're going to have to sit down now and dedicate it, I think. I mean, given we're going to play other stuff too, but it's going to be fun to get through, but we cannot purchase anything ourselves. Until that shelf. Until that shelf is clear. And so I think that's going to be motivating for us, and that's going to be our only big game goal. Yeah, that's it. Just clear that shelf Just clear that shelf. Because it really needs it. But, Delty, do you want to talk about the uh, podcast goals for the 2020? So our podcast goals, in terms of the podcast itself, we're probably going to keep uh, the, our, like, the way the podcast functions, our release schedule, the way they're structured, the way we do these podcasts, I think we're going to keep the same. However, we do want to run at least two more giveaways this year. That's my goal, is to run two giveaways. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know how many, like, games. But we're going to run a giveaway, even if it's one game, even if it's four games, I don't know. At some point this year, we want to do two of them. The other big one is not so much our podcast, but our, you know, brand of Malthouse Games is for videos. We don't want to set a goal of a video on a certain schedule basis because that is how you miss one and then you start to feel like you failed and then you give up. At least that's how I work with things like that. So our goal instead is during this year of 2020 to get at least 10 videos out. Yes. Whether that's a two minute video of something really goofy to do with a game or if it's a 10 minute review or a two hour playthrough, we want to do 10 videos throughout the entirety of the year. And hopefully for us, Playing these new games not only gives us motivation and content, like uh, information for content and stuff, but making these videos can inspire us, let us get better at making the videos, better at editing the videos, streamline the process, and get us to a point to where videos are easier for us to do. Now, given, as we've talked about in 2019, it was a rough year. You know, I lost my dog. Uh, Adopting Caroline didn't work out. I don't know if we spoke about that. Penny tried to kill her a couple times and literally drew blood, and we just weren't able to keep Caroline. So we found our new home. Found our new home. We had three deaths in our families. It was four. four deaths in our families. It was a big year and we didn't get a lot of time to do what we wanted because we felt like we needed to take the time for ourselves uh, just to de-stress a lot. And so and with, grieve. And grieve. And Haley's taking a job change shortly and then we're going to start off the year fresh and refreshed and out of the holidays. We've done great in the holidays coming out in terms of Getting gifts, giving gifts financially, just where we're at mentally, we're in a great place right now. And I think that we can go at this year with these goals in mind and start achieving them and act and get motivated more and find the time more, make the time, and hopefully bring content that you guys really enjoy. I hope that's not throwing yeah. too much at you all at once. <laughs> well, we're really grateful that you guys have been listening to us through the last couple of years and yes. no holding on strong. It's us. been two years. That's insane. I, that's, I mean, I've listened to podcasts longer than that, but it's yeah. weird to think about that somebody's doing that for us, which is cool. I'm glad you guys enjoy what we, you know, just talk out of our butts here. <laughs> and all over the world, too. It really means a lot to us that we have so much support internationally, too. It really, really does. So if thank you all for listening <laughs> for two years. Two stinking years. We need, like, in the background or something. <laughs> air horn. You enjoy Perfect. that air horn? I enjoyed it. So do our shout out, Stealthy Poo. We got to shout out our Patreon supporters. Thank you to everyone who backs us on Patreon. 
which is going to be at the podcast level, is Alan from the Tuesday Night Games. Make sure to purchase their games and check out the Tuesday Night Podcast. If you have not ever listened to it, there is a like 200-episode backlog. Start at episode one and run with it. Allison, our good friend Allison, which, by the way, when this comes out, it will be the day before her birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Allison. We got to see her today and give her her birthday and Christmas present. After that, we have Jesse and Catherine. Thank you, Jesse and Catherine. Jesse just recently got the same soundboard that I have, and I'm so excited for him to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, we shouted out he graduated last episode. Yes, we shouted out that he graduated, but still, that's awesome. And to our other Patreon backers, thank you very much. To every listener, thank you, follower, listener, person that interacts randomly on Instagram. Thank you guys all so much. It's been a great two years, and we're looking forward to who knows how many years after this, hopefully for a long time, because this has been a lot of fun. 73. 73 more years. You got it. And then, yeah, I'm, then I'll, be, I'll be dead after that. Nah, it's okay. It's all good. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. My brain is like super not working today. It's the whiskey, man. They don't know how much I'm going to have to cut out of this episode because I can't speak correctly. It's a half a shot of whiskey. It's it, what it does to you. I haven't even got through half of it. I've only oh, had damn. a quarter. if you want to find me personally i'm at delton brack d-e-l-t-o-n-b-r-a-c-k Haley is at s-q-u-i-r-r-e-l-y-g-e-e-k that is at squirrely geek the squirreliest and the geekiest if you have a game you want us to discuss on the podcast a topic to cover a question for us to answer or just anything for us at all you can always send an email contact at malthousegames.com Again, thank you to everybody who shared the podcast, followed the podcast, liked us on Twitter and the Instagrams and all that fun stuff. Thank you for partaking in our drawing, and please enter into the next one. Yes, keep an eye out for those contests. We'll announce them whenever we get to that point. And for those of you that won, I guess aside from Mac, because we'll deliver his in person. So for Ben, I'll reach out. And for Christy, I will reach out and make sure that we can get these games to you in a timely manner. I think that's going to cover everything for this episode. Thank you all very, very much. I hope you have a happy, had a happy holiday season. Hope you have a great start to the new year of 2020 and a great New Year's Eve party because it's always fun. So we'll talk to you next year. (laughs) We will see you next year, everyone. Until then, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you all next year. Bye. Bye. Bye.